Hello, beautiful people, and welcome, or welcome back, to the Lady Parts Podcast. I'm your host, Nika Dean, and I hope everybody is doing well and staying safe during these insane times. As many of you may have noticed, I haven't put out an episode for quite a while. Honestly, I'm trying to practice what I preach, which means centering self-care and making time for myself and what I need. And this year in particular, what I needed was to be a bit selfish, you know, make sure that I'm okay by figuring out a self-care practice, focusing on other projects, and getting right with myself before pursuing more episodes. Thankfully, all is right right now (laughs) in regard to my emotional physical, mental, spiritual state of being, and I'm excited to get reunited with all of you. I am hard at work on figuring out season two of the podcast, which will launch sometime in October, um, probably late October. I am finding wonderful guests who will come on to talk about everything from um, seasonal depression to masturbation and self-pleasure and the guilt and shame that's often associated with that to orgasms. So it'll be a very exciting fall. (laughs) Um, I wanted to post some bonus episodes that I recorded early in quarantine. Unfortunately for the current one, there are some issues with the audio, so please bear with me. Yeah, so I hope you enjoy this episode with my special guest, Yuko Kudo. Yuko is an activist, an organizer. She is a creative by nature, a writer, a singer, a photographer, you name it. Um, I know some of this information might be a little dated because it was during early quarantine, but I do still think there are some golden nuggets in there and I hope you get as much out of the conversation as I got from having it with Yuko. I can put everything in the show notes as to where you can find her because unfortunately the audio was a little corrupted. Um, But yes, I look forward to putting out more content for all of you. As always, if you want to reach me directly, feel free to write to me at helloladyparts at gmail.com. Again, that is helloladyparts, all one word, at gmail.com. Thanks and I hope you enjoy the episode. Welcome back to another episode. I'm excited to have Yuko Kudo on the podcast this week. Hi, Yuko. Hi, Shanika. Thanks for having me. Thanks for being here. Um, So I know we've known each other for a while, maybe about a year. Has it only been a year? It might have been. Wow. I feel like I've known you forever and ever. Same. (laughs) Okay, great. I mean... They usually say time flies when you're having fun, but I really do feel like we've known each other for a long time. Indeed. I cannot agree with you more. (laughs) So Yuko, while I may know you very intimately, that sounds weird, but you know what I mean. Um, (laughs) Maybe you could share with some of the listeners, uh, just sharing who you are, how you identify, and maybe what some of your passions are. Awesome. Hi, everyone. My name is Yuko Kudo. uh, Y-U-K-O-K-U-D-O. My name is very simple, straightforward. And I am an artist and I I'm immigrant. I'm Eastern Asian woman, Japanese to be exact, identify as a she, her, hers. And I love people. I love creating art. And I love spending time with good friends. 
That is such an understatement. (laughs) (laughs) I was thinking about you the other day and I was like, you go is sunshine in a bottle. So it's it's amazing the amount of warmth and genuine care that you bring everywhere. And I feel like, you know, when they say like the light transforms everything it touches, that's how I feel about you. Oh my goodness. I I cannot with you. (laughs) So, um, okay. So in, in this episode, it's a little different from the other ones we've had. Usually I'm with the guests in person, but obviously in light of everything that's going on with the pandemic, we have taken to hosting this uh, virtually, like many other things that are happening around the world. Mm-hmm. Um, you're working on so many different projects right now, and you have started everything from, uh, what is it, lunchtime Zoom check-ins for folks, and you have an amazing newsletter, which I do want you to plug later. Um And just in general, you're always moving and you're always connecting. As somebody who's often a connector and somebody that holds space for others, how are you feeling during this time? It's shifting day by day, moment by moment. So Mm -hmm. I have to constantly check in with myself. And when it first started, I, after passing through the initial shock and initial this is stupid, my emo state. And I was in such a hype about all the desire that's coming up for me. And like, this is a great opportunity for us to really rise and connect and start organizing. And I saw the possibility right away. And I started organizing the visual check-in, the virtual check-in that you just talked about right away. I think the second, not even second a week, the first week already I was hosting check-in, like making sure the communities that I've been part of are they have the information place to come in. And now that every everything is virtual, now the conversation is shifting, I feel like. And at one on one side, I feel grateful that a lot of people are holding this space and on the other hand I noticed myself missing that in person and deeper and more intimate connection a lot more than when this pandemic first started Mm -hmm. yeah I spoke with a colleague today actually who was mentioning that She just wanted to, even if it was in complete silence, sit next to somebody and be physically close to somebody. And that that was a longing that she'd never felt before. Mm. So it's interesting because we, I think especially being New Yorkers, right? We're Mm -hmm. constantly in contact with people. Always. (laughs) If you asked us like a month ago, hey, I'm going to make sure that you're kind of removed for like a month or so. We might've been like, oh, this is great. I don't have to be on the subway. This is wonderful. Right. But... (laughs) But then not having that closeness, that physical space, or at least just the understanding that I can be close to people, it's something that's removed from what we naturally do as humans. We're such social creatures. Mm-hmm, 100%. And I am very fortunate that my roommates, I, I live with the roommates, and these are folks that I'm really close to, and I love them and they love me. So I'm very fortunate that I'm not in complete isolation. Mm-hmm. But still, like you mentioned, we live in New York. I, my life basically is how much can I 
be with the community and the events, the organizing, everything is about that. So it's a completely a game changer for me. Yeah. I mean, you got moving on this so quickly. I remember maybe the first week I reached out and I was like, what are you doing? What are you working on? How can I support? Um, I was like, I want to do something to you. And you were just like, I'm going to start a, a love revolution. And I was like, I love that. <laughs> I love it. Yeah. And you're always really good at checking in with me and checking. And I can imagine you're like that with other folks too. And like, oh, like, how can I support you? How can I like it? like it really creates a space for you and then I really appreciate someone like you thank you I feel like I'm everybody's soccer mom like I'm just in there in the stands shouting with like a homemade sign like you go you go I love it um <laughs> I think I have to get better at holding space for myself and checking in on me honestly mm. um yeah. Do you see any shift with, in your life now that you're in, like, it's a similar question that you asked me, but I'm also curious, like, like, do you notice, like, yourself changing in regards to holding space for yourself? I do. Hmm. Um, I think, also, it's worth noting that I'm an introvert by nature. I think once I get close to somebody, that goes out the window, but while I'm getting to know somebody, I'm more so introverted. Hmm. So, once we all had to stay at home, I was like, oh, I got this. Like, I'm comfortable. I've been training for this for years, right? Mm. <laughs> so my mental state was like, I'm going to do my work and then I'm going to sleep and I'm just going to relax. And then maybe after the first week and a half of just like kind of doing whatever, I noticed the shift in my body. Mm. My body has become very verbal or very vocal rather since the whole fibroid surgery. Mm. And I picked things up a lot quicker than I used to. Wow. So my body was craving yoga. It's like, I felt those like, I guess also from the stagnation, right? From like kind of sitting in your apartment or what have you. I was like, I want to move. Mm. Like I can't do this. And more than that, on the introverted side, I started getting this, need to connect with people and not just like people in my circle and like you know the folks that were in my tribe mm. but people who I hadn't talked to and not necessarily only to help folks who were negatively impacted by this whole thing I mean granted we've all been negatively impacted by it but it was more so I want to form new connections throughout this episode you and I will discuss how we are viewing or experiencing the pandemic and how it is impacting some of our communities uh, both she and I function as facilitators in our own circles. So maybe what it's like to hold and make space for others. Those are different topics we'll delve into. But for now, Yuko, I'd love to ask you what the term lady parts evokes for you. Ooh, I love this question. <laughs> it's because it's so exciting because I've been in the part of this conversation since you started brainstorming about podcasts so it's so exciting to be here and being taken part of lady bars um what pops up to me uh, in this particular moment is a me as a woman me at me as a woman like what is the part on this planet right now hmm, hmm. that's like so enough for me Okay. Interesting. Yeah. I mean, I feel like we're all going through a phase of that, right? Like we're like, okay, well, what does this mean 
for me as a person? What does it mean for everybody that I care about, my communities? And I mean, a lot of people honestly are concerned about their jobs too, of course. Um, But it's an interesting shift because America in general is usually so individualistic and we've had this mind shift to be more community minded. Um, It's like, how is what I'm doing impacting those around me? Ooh, such a good, (laughs) so good. (laughs) Well, in that vein, so yeah, while we're talking about like these safe spaces and these shifts in our personalities, um, I know you said you're hosting the uh, virtual chats. I don't know if you wanted to give more information about that, actually, like where people can find it in case they're curious or interested in joining. Right. Um, uh, so I host a virtual check-in for artists and creatives. I say artists and creatives, but like, it's open to anybody who wants to join. Yeah. And it really is to share whatever that's on your mind. It doesn't have to be like a good thing or even like a sad thing if it comes out. If you come up and say like, hey, I'm feeling, I have no idea what I'm feeling. That's totally fine. And uh, I will mm-hmm. often share with people like sharing is an option. Like a, listening is a participation and just you being present mm-hmm. and holding space for other people that on its own is more than enough. And uh, you can, we have the event right. If you can just type in a virtual check-in for artists and creatives that should pop up. And I have the Facebook event as well. So that's the same thing, virtual check-in for artists and creatives. Perfect. Um, So as somebody who is the ultimate creative, (laughs) I feel like you always have these amazing creative projects from your one-woman show, which I'm still mad I was not able to go to, um, to all of the amazing events that you host with your um, your. I am series. Uh, I'm wondering, like, what are what are the creative outlets that you've utilized for your own well being during this time? Hmm. This is a very interesting time for me. Um, I say that because I have been creating a lot of event space in the last few years and a lot of people know me as that and I am really starting to own myself as an artist as a musician as a songwriter so I've been tapping into more of my own art creation so I've been doing a lot more songwriting and I've been getting a lot of <laughs> comments about you should write your own book so I started doing the draft of that which <laughs> and I talked about it and I'll be giving you a little bit of snippets here here and there soon and, okay. um, maybe the first week or so of being home I joined an online community for people of color it's essentially a co-working space mm. um, called people's club so they're housed in Brooklyn and I've always wanted to go, but I was like, I live in the Bronx. If you're familiar with the New York infrastructure at all, getting from, I mean, even if you're dating somebody in Brooklyn and you live in the Bronx, that's a long distance relationship. Yeah, that's a lot of people, like, like, like a cutoff point. Yeah. It's like Brooklyn, no. Staten Island, no. I'm good. Yeah, exactly. So, yeah. So I was like, okay, I'm never going there in person. But as a response to what's happening with COVID-19, they launched a digital uh, platform. So I signed up for their digital membership and it has been fantastic. Um, if folks are listening and they want some kind of 
wellness uh, space for POC specifically, I would really encourage you to go check it out. Um, this is not an advertisement for Ethel's Club, but <laughs> I love it. That means how good it is, right? Like that's it is really good. I say all that to say that you know, even somebody who is naturally very comfortable with my introversion, I had this stirring to reach out and connect to other people, and I've been talking to several people on there, and it's been really helpful and it's actually made me feel more comfortable with getting out of my shell in a way that I don't think I normally get in person. Um, There are layers there though, because I think as a woman of color, I also feel much more comfortable with people of color. And that's not to say like, you know, nothing, anything negative about white people, but I tend to work in predominantly white spaces. Mm -hmm. So I am typically the only, if not one of the few black people in the room um so something shifts in me when I'm in a room with people of color I don't know if it's the relatability but you go you can probably even remember when we posted um it was it it was yeah one of the the circles and I was like a whole different version of myself (laughs) no I can totally relate um like as I mentioned I'm an I'm Japanese I'm immigrant so usually I'm more comfortable with the POC community as well so but like even for me, POC community could be really intimidating depending on what type of people of color are in. And that's not to put a judgment or any idea into folks, but people have a different background. Even in Asian community, we have like Eastern Asian folks or like more South Asian folks or people who are mixed Asian, right? So depending on that, I catch myself shifting my level of comfort or rather how I operate and if I'm not familiar with the folks in the room sometimes I feel myself shrinking a little bit Mm. it's so funny this was one of our first conversations Mm -hmm. Uh, yeah after the I hosted an event series uh called woke work and uh, Yuko actually came to the very first event. <laughs> I did. Yeah. That was actually yeah, one of the catalysts for me. That was a really huge breakthrough for me. And I really want to, I don't know if I even said thank you to you after that. But if I haven't, I want to say thank you for hosting that event. <laughs> you do not have to thank me. I think we we push, we, we build each other up all the time. Yep. So you probably did say it. This time I'm using more inward if any if that makes sense like I feel like I'm doing a lot more internal explore exploration digging deeper to see what else in me that needs to be created and be shared with the world that's beautiful and that makes perfect sense you usually externally curate Mm -hmm. you know and cultivate and now you're internally cultivating. There's something really beautiful about that. Thanks. It's really scary. You know, <laughs> it is. Okay, so I'm going to be completely cheesy, but this is the Lady Parts podcast, and you know I was started. Um, so it reminds me of, like, the womb, mm. right? It's like the center of creation. And when you're creating things within yourself, it's much more sacred. And it's scary because you're vulnerable and you're more protective over those things. So I feel like you turning 
those efforts inward is something really beautiful that you're creating within yourself. Thank you. I really appreciate that. And that's exactly how I feel. Like, like it's so scary digging in deeper. And like, I have to question myself constantly. Like, did it actually happen? Or am I making up the story? Or this like, like, how did I interrupt this experience? Or like, what was going on in my life around that time? So there are a, a lots of questioning, lots of after the questioning, there was a lot of wondering happening and and also choosing what that mm-hmm. could have been or what I wanted to be. And yeah, there's a lot of questions. I think life itself is about finding the answers to all of mm. those, right? But that innate nervousness or anxiety or fear even sometimes, it reminds us that we're doing something that's important. Because if we weren't, if it didn't matter, we wouldn't be feeling anything towards it. So it's it's frustrating because <laughs> those feelings um, do cause hesitation. But I think it's also reassuring that you're on the right path. <laughs> in theory, I understand that. Right? I think a lot of people like, in theory, I understand that. But in my stomach, in my gut, in my womb, like, nope, I don't want to tap in there. <laughs> <laughs> yep that's fair <laughs> oh my goodness well um I'm gonna circle back to a couple of things okay. you mentioned but yeah it's it's something really magnetic when there's folks with like shared experiences in the room mm-hmm. um and maybe that's another episode you were talking about you know organizing and being activated in that way uh when all of the stuff ar- arose initially with the pandemic um, I've been talking to a couple of people and my, my world is a bit mixed. Like there are some folks who are organizers, some who are not at all. And the thing I constantly hear from folks who don't have experience organizing is, well, I can't do that. I couldn't do that. I don't have anything to contribute. And as somebody who has done the work, I'm curious how you would respond to that. Mm. And I, the first thing I want to say to someone like that is, Mm-hmm. I, I just want to acknowledge them like like thank goodness you want to do something right mm-hmm. it is really scary and organizing and and speaking up advocacy work those are really really scary thing I believe especially for women and there is a constant fear of what if I say the wrong thing what if I say something and the people hate me what if I get attacked or what if I don't know enough to do anything those are constant fears that I face as well and so whenever going to space I have to constantly remind myself what is it that I could learn from this experience and like I may not know everything and most likely I am barely scratching surface of whatever topic that I'm covering whether that is about the Asian race or that is about the woman, or that is about mental wellness, whatever it is that I'm focusing on, there are so many beautiful experts out there. And if anything, my strength is I love people and how much I could love people. So I always circle back to that space. And with what I know, and how I know, and how to communicate, what can I bring? And what is 
something that I could learn. And organizing mm-hmm. looks different. And I think if anything, asking questions from the place of, I really don't know what it is, but I want to learn. It, it's always a great reminder for folks who's been doing work to bring them back to the basic, right? To bring them back to the basic, making people easy to understand and digest. So the more people can like be the allies, where people can support you. And I think that the political conversation, because most of the time people who are organizing are very educated. They know the exact mission. They know what they're fighting for and so much information. So the language they use can be very specific. And it's it almost has become a cultish for the folks who are jumping in for the first time, right? So it's important for people to be hard-based and ask questions and like I remind people, there is no stupid question whatsoever. So it is scary. Yes, it is intimidating, 100%. There is a fear, million percent sure. That, that, that means that you are stepping into your power. That means you're stepping into love and you are stepping into a source of change. So I want to acknowledge and celebrate those folks who are so like new to this work. I, I love that answer. And this just reaffirms the whole sunshine in a bottle comment that I made earlier. Um, <laughs> I love that your response to folks who might be scared or nervous or writing themselves off from getting involved in this way is reclaim mm. your power. Like, that's so amazing and powerful. Um, I, I feel like I've definitely been in that position in the past of like, I don't want to do this because what can I contribute? I don't know anything. I don't belong here. And like the imposter syndrome starts mm-hmm. rising up, right? Um, but no one was born knowing yeah, these things. That's true. And just because, yeah, it's like just because somebody else has more knowledge of a certain topic or they've been contributing to the topic longer does not invalidate your opinion or your worth. So you being able to contribute and add your unique perspective or skill set to something is really powerful mm-hmm. and impactful, especially yep, like 100%. this. Uh, thank you for sharing yeah, that. Thank you for letting me articulate this. <laughs> You're welcome. Um, okay. So in line with everything that's going on, I'm sure you've seen the news lately that's talking about how this is disproportionately impacting communities mm-hmm. of color. Um, and a lot of folks are shocked, you know, they're like, oh, I can't believe it. Like, why is it that like, you know, these communities are impacted negatively, et cetera. And I mean, it's something that if you're in a community of color, you've known for a long time, the inequities Mm -hmm. in the system from like access to healthcare to resources in your actual community, um, different medical conditions that are pre-existing, like high blood pressure and diabetes and stuff. And I know this is more um, particular to like uh, like Black people in particular. Um, there's also, uh, you know, implicit biases that are impacting people in hospitals. So even if you do have the same symptoms, studies have shown that you're not getting mm. the same care as like white counterparts. Um, I'm just curious... I don't even know. This probably isn't a relevant question. Maybe I just wanted to it's vent. It's totally fine. Let's vent. <laughs> it's just like, I guess I guess the question here 
is when you see the news and you see things like this and it's like people who are already suffering is a loaded word but people who are already negatively impacted by the inequities in the system um, are still the ones who are dying at a higher rate and still the ones who are extremely vulnerable because most likely people in minority communities are still working because we have to. How do you take news like this that's so personal to um, our own communities and our, our, our own identities and turn it into fuel for the work that you're doing? Oh, It's a loaded question. First of all, thank you for really like shedding the light on this, right? And because this COVID-19, the pandemic is not really, it, yes, it is a, like a pandemic uh, in a sense of medical emergency, but this is just um, revealing so much deeper conversation, right? How system is not working. The, we have a lack of access in healthcare, the economic and socioeconomic system and education, like everything is coming out to the surface. And for me, what, what me per, as a person, an Asian woman, it's been focusing on this really the xenophobia and anti-Asian racism tech. And it, it really made me realize the fear people are experiencing here people are ex experiencing and then like when we're in the fear mode we want to do we want to have something to blame right that's a human nature and i had an opportunity to participate in the panel as an as an not as an, a panelist but as a participant and at, I was blown away by these folks and just similar experience of what the question previous to that, like how do we go in the space when everybody else knows everything and you don't know anything? And for the first time, I really tap into my Asian community and see what's being talked about and the difference between Asian immigrants or like it, the rich Asians who grew up in a little bit more towards the right side, how they operate and then what really struck me in that particular conversation was really people don't realize we are not Chinese until we tell them we're Chinese because all Asian people look the same for non-Asian folks. And this is a moment that we get to come together regardless of who you are as an Asian person. Like it really, we have to come together within our, within, right? So that was a really important thing for me to remember that like you know beyond our differences beyond our like a difference in opinion or perspective or even genetically different like how can we come together as a person as a human being as a human species and all these things are yes it's in inducing fear into our lives but at the same time for me because so many things are coming up the surface there are so many things that get to be shifted In, and that includes like the race socioeconomic education prison system and like immigration system everything right so for me this is a as terrifying as it is it's a great opportunity for so many people to realize what is not working what needs to shift and change 
from the place of love because everybody is experiencing it. Yeah. <laughs> I know it's a, <sighs> it's a, it's a, it's a lot of, lot of things that I just spilled it. It's a huge, huge, huge conversation that it needs to happen beyond like this, like whether this pandemic continues or not. Definitely. Um, I feel like the topic of fear has been strewn throughout yeah. this whole conversation. Um, but I, I guess just remarking on something that you had said is like the xenophobia and the racism and everything. And I know when everything started with this, some of my colleagues actually were targeted for mm. wearing face masks. Um, they are that I work with. And I like the amount of just mm. aggression that came toward them made right. me nervous for them. And um, I remember checking in on you too. And I was like, well, hey, <laughs> like, are you okay? Right. What's going on? I remember that. Um, yeah. It just like, it, it feels like you're right. People want someone to blame. They want a target or somewhere that they can um, direct all of their fears, all of their you know, anxieties. And unfortunately, as a society, we've come yeah. to do that to other people. Um, it just, it makes me wonder. I don't even know. I was going to say it makes me wonder how to not disengage, um, not really disarm either, but de-escalate those situations. I mean, now it's a bit different because right. everyone's home. But there's a lot of that showing up virtually. Like mm -hmm. there's a lot of events where say school teachers will be hosting a class and somebody will hack into their Zoom account and write words yep. on the whiteboards, which is insane. I'm just like, what has this world come to? So, I mean, that's like a very specific example, but considering that all of this hate and fear is moving on a virtual platform, I'm just thinking of ways that people can you know, combat that in ways that don't put them at risk. And this isn't really something that we <laughs> have the answer. Like, <laughs> it's just things that I feel like as a community, we need to start yeah, thinking absolutely. about. I love that. Um, I mean, like, like, seriously, right now, everybody mm -hmm. is figuring it out, everything, right? And including government, the doctors, mm -hmm. and everybody's figuring out everything, and nobody knows the answer. So it just to remind us, like, we're all human. Like we've never experienced this magnitude of thing. And because of the overflow of the information that infuse more fear into our life. And for me, what's grounding right now is the question that came from um, Course in Miracle and Myron Williamson. And, and everything is either love or the absence of love. So the absence of love right so just thinking that everything is love like our human beings and everything on this planet is a love and it's not lack of love it's just the absence of love like fear what does that fear mean being that what you have right now will be taken away from you that could be look like privilege that could look like health that could look like your um housing and that could look like your your family member that could look like your education 
whatever it is like that taken away like what if I lose this right so when you're in that space when I'm gonna just speak for myself so I'll use I instead of you um what would I lose if I'm not in the space of love if I'm coming from doubt fear anything like what is it that I'm actually scared of losing what I what is that I'm scared of that I like what's gonna happen to me I mean like when you're when I'm in the moment like of course I'm not gonna be able to dissect that and I will be in my feelings all the time but that question of every question or rather statement everything is either love or the absence of love like what is it that this thing that is love is being absent calling out so if I'm in the right place, I get to ask my question that and then move from there. But if I'm not in the right space, I'll be freaking out. That's such a fascinating perspective to have on it. <laughs> like yeah, it's such a beautiful statement and or rather question inquiry. And when I first heard that, I was like, wow, what a beautiful thing. And it always yeah. helps to remind me who we are. Building off of well, hmm. not building off of love, but talking more about the connections that people have during this time. Um, we've talked a lot mm-hmm. about the positive ones, right? In regards to new spaces that we're a part of or we've helped build or what have you. But I also would love to chat a little bit about folks who may be experiencing mm. negative space right now. Guess um, we're all at home, but some people are home completely by themselves, and I can mm-hmm. imagine they're going a little crazy. Especially if they're extrovert. Home. Yes. Um, oh yeah, my extroverted friends are losing their minds. Um, <laughs> there's also people who are stuck in dangerous situations, right? Mm-hmm. Like domestic violence is real, and unfortunately, you know, sometimes work or school or what have you can be a respite from that abuse. So whether it's somebody whose partner is maybe verbally or physically abusive um, or children who might have parents who are a bit abusive or what have you, um, I think it's important to remember those people in this moment. Uh, It's harder. Like we're in, just for folks who are listening, this isn't really like, we have all the answers to these questions, here you go. This is really just like a sounding board and making sure that we are mindful of what is happening and who is impacted by it. Um, this is also a place where you are encouraged to share resources that you might have for other people. So please feel free to, um, I mean, you can send an email to helloladyparts at gmail.com or you can leave a voicemail message just go to anchor.fm, as in Frank and Mary, backslash Lady Parts, and you can leave a voicemail message with some resources for other folks, and we'll play it on a future episode. Um, but yes, getting back to it, this is really just making sure that we are mindful of the way that many people are impacted by this, and not just how, you know, again, getting away from the individual. Yeah, and thinking thank you about so the much for saying that, and uh, it's so important that, like, we are aware of that, right? And um, the essential workers, like they are fighting in the front line and like they are afraid to come back home because they don't want to like pass on to their family or even putting people in danger. And those are like a real thing. And like I had a friend, I have a friend who works for MTA and 
he posted on the Facebook is that he lost eight friends in 48 hours. And I just, I just hated this whole entire experience because I felt so powerless. Like, and like, who am I to be staying at home and complaining that I'm stuck here? Right. Like all these doctors and all these nursing homes and like everything that they're, where there are no social contact whatsoever and like a social deprivation is happening like how is it fair and yes we need to keep people safe and like healthy but like those social deprivation and depression that comes from it all of those are serious issues and so like love that like you if you have any resources to share and there are beautiful coalitions happening and essential worker care coalitions are happening and a lot of light workers are praying and sharing information and like, like people can do so many different things for different communities the family members and this, this is like literally the time like we get to really support each other so thank you for the reminder like there are a lot of folks that still need help you're very welcome um yeah i mean like you mentioned the essential workers it's so jarring i my partner is actually still working um he works at a nursing home right now in queens and he works at a nursing home that specifically mm-hmm. uh, helps dialysis patients so unfortunately they're heavily at risk for this and he has seen i mean it's been it's been insane i think Last week, there were maybe four people who passed away, um, and they've just started taking COVID patients. So when he comes home, <laughs> it's, I mean, I'm laughing because that's how I, that's how my anxiety and my nervousness functions, right? right? It's like, you either laugh or you cry. So I don't want anybody to think I'm like making light of this. It's just like, that's how it comes out for me. Um but yes, when he comes home, we make sure that, you know, you change at the door, you go wash your hands, you like we clean off the doorknobs and everything. He has masks like, but it's still, you know, you never know if God forbid he were to catch something. And then, of course, I'm like, I'm working from home, but we we live in a studio apartment. In New York. Right. Like there's no escaping each other. <laughs> so it's always in the back of my mind. Like, do we possibly have it? Are we asymptomatic? Do we not have, like, yeah. And because of that, we cannot, mm-hmm. I mean, we shouldn't see our families anyway, but that we really can't see them because um, my mom has pre-existing conditions. His parents are in their 60s and we don't mm-hmm. want to get either one of them sick. Um, I have quite a few friends. I don't think until this, I realized how mm-hmm. many of my friends were in the medical industry, um, or the medical sector, but my cousin her and her husband are both doctors in Queens and Queens just seems like it's been hit particularly hard in New York. She, she was telling me she was working a 24 hour shift followed by like a 15 hour shift. And it's just like the amount of death that she's seeing on a regular basis from otherwise healthy people has been something Mm. that she had no way preparing for. Um, I can't begin to imagine what it feels like going into work every day and dealing with this and, you know, losing patients or being with a patient in their last moments and then having to call their families because mm-hmm. their family couldn't be with them when they passed. You know, there's so much there. And we talk about holding space. Yeah. Like that is a completely different level. Earlier, you mentioned, you know, people can reclaim their power or even step into their power by 
participating, even if you don't know the gist of everything that's going on, even if you feel like you can't contribute, there's something you can do. And I feel like in this moment in particular, something as simple as checking in on your people, even if you feel like they're fine, they've got it, or like uh, Yuko and I are both like people who hold space for a lot of people. So checking in on healers or people who usually hold space for others might need you to hold some space for them. Something as small as like, going online and spending what you might have spent on lunch on like a fundraiser or maybe, you know, calling some of the the essential workers in your life and asking them, hey, can I, you know, contribute to something to get you some food or some toilet paper if you can find it or any other kind of essentials. Um, Checking in on elderly people in your neighborhoods who maybe can't leave or are too scared to leave their homes and seeing if you can maybe pick up some groceries for them. Um, if you are still ordering products or food or what have you, maybe handing some hand sanitizer. And I don't mean like, here, use some of this, but actually giving a bottle (laughs) to the people who are delivering your items or something. But checking in on people is a sense of organizing. It's a very individual sense of it as opposed to like the bigger, more traditional way we think of it, but it's still doing something. So as you mentioned earlier, please feel free to step in and reclaim your power by simply checking on people or donating to these causes. Um, yeah. And, yeah. Um, there are a few organizations that you can write letters to like a senior home or nursing home and like write a letter and they can share it digitally. So those are something that you can do as well. And I think those are highly encouraged as well. So I just want to share that as well. Perfect. This is he- oh, like these are okay. heavy topics. <laughs> it got so heavy. I was like, mm-hmm. "Oh, but this is like beautiful." And like, if, so thank you but, for holding space for that. You're very welcome. Thank you for helping me fill the space. Um, and like I, it, I would be remiss to not mention that I know a lot of people are experiencing this heaviness on a regular basis. Um. Please seek help if you need it. Um, I think the rate of self-harm has gone up during this time, particularly for folks who are like living alone, who are constantly consuming media. So if you need to take space away from the constant consumption of news or what have you, do it. You are well within your rights to make space for yourself if you do not want to be constantly hearing about what's going on with all of this stuff. Feel free. And if you feel like... You might have some tendencies towards self-harm. Please seek help. Um, I will leave in the show notes the number for um, just like suicide hotlines and all of that. But yes, as well as holding space for others and reaching out and getting involved, please make sure that you are holding space for yourself. So let's go back to self-care. So during this time when we're all at home, it's been so easy to not have a schedule. And I told you, you know, Mm -hmm. when when we started, I was just like free for all. Um, But I realized I need a schedule to feel sane. Um, I'm curious, are there certain self-care pillars that you're still practicing? um, um, That's something that I'm definitely, certain things that I'm very mindful of when I wake up, my morning routines are so the same. I wake up and write my journal, the gratitude, and then I practice yoga for an hour. And then I get myself ready. That has been still the same. 
And after that, I hop on a prayer call. That has been so helpful for me to have a space that I get to be spiritually connected with my folks. And so that has been helping me really ground it. And I notice myself being scattered. I notice myself being like ups and downs so much more than before. And I had to be okay with that. And I had to be okay with taking it day by day. And it's not going to look the same as what I normally or what previous to COVID-19 looked like. Like I had to be okay taking it day by day and taking it moment by moment. So like, really giving myself a permission to be wherever I am and like without getting stuck so like just having that awareness helps I love that giving myself permission to just be like that sounds so freeing yeah I mean I I'm right there with you in regard to it can't look like it did before COVID-19 so we've been talking a lot about all of these self-care things and they've been very helpful but I'm wondering what's something fun that you've been doing since you've been you know self-quarantined I am very glad you asked this question because I am currently in the process of okay. rediscovering what is fun thing for me mm. I think that comes with um mm. like I'm someone who like fortunately like something that what I love to do turn into work, and because of that, I have a like a mm -hmm. very slim distinction of like a work-life balance. Should I choose to do so, right? It was like the same thing as the boundary that we just talked about. So for me, like if it's what is the something that I really love that I haven't done, or like what sparks me joy and. Mm -hmm. Just getting off from the automatic space of, oh, I like this, so let me do it. And that could easily turn into work. But it's just like, how about just doing crochet? Or how about like making some like sweets? Like, like, you know, what else do I like? What are something that I never watch on Netflix? I've been curious. Or even, or I haven't been curious, but what is the thing that I could watch? So, I think I'm using this time to actually rediscover what joy looks like for me and and I'm like testing out a few different things and I am still pretty much in trial and learning <laughs> and so it's, I, I can't wait to see what I discovered to be honest. I I'm curious, how do you define joy? How do I define joy? That's a good question. I have to really think about that. <laughs> I mean, immediate thought would be just what makes me feel good, right? Like a moving body and dancing. It could be that or, or some random YouTube clips. That makes me so much like laughter. I think like joy really is having that internal spark in me I think mm, that's a great way to put it yeah because I was trying to figure out I was like okay there's contentment like there's a lot of things that make me content yeah, exactly. like I'm like oh yeah this is cool but yeah <laughs> there like, you go spark joy <laughs> yeah exactly 
Thank you, Marie Kondo. <laughs> um, yeah, that's great. I mean, I'm looking forward to hearing more as you locate your joy or rediscover your joy and like what what things bring you joy. I think for me, I I'm finding oh my a God, lot of joy so in cute. being a plant mom. I love that. <laughs> yeah. What do you mean? I think I have a problem though. Like, I don't know if oh, I'm wow. I have 16 plants. Um, and this is after getting rid of two of them because they didn't <laughs> like how much I love them. Um, <laughs> but I think having so much like greenery and like nature around me indoors actually is helping me stay a bit sane. Really nurturing these plants on a regular basis and figuring out like, oh, okay, well, this means that it needs more water or this means like that mm. it's getting too much water or too much sun. I should move it. And getting in tune with these things is teaching me patience in a way that many other things don't. Um, I think we live in such an instant gratification kind of world that, you know, a lot of things don't ask us to be patient because we can usually pay uh, for things that to be sped up in some shape or form. But yeah, it's just, it's been so rewarding to it. wake up and see my little jungle. <laughs> and yeah, I really love having them thrive and feeling like I'm accomplishing something. Um, so yeah, that's been my, that's been a source of joy. I think one other source has literally been, uh, I was one of those kids uh, who loved The Sims. And I think the last time I had it, it was The Sims 2. And I used to stay up all night in high school playing that. Oh my God, uh, So you I did. redownloaded The Sims 4. <laughs> And I have been getting my life literally um, in the game. But the part of it I enjoy the most isn't even like the God complex. It's building houses. I've been finding so many houses on like Southern Living or Pinterest or even uh -huh. ones in my neighborhood and recreating them from scratch. I love it. And it's been so much fun. I remember you telling me about how like you used to play <laughs> all the time and yeah, that's so exciting to hear that you're reconnecting with that. I yeah, my inner child is very happy. <laughs> yeah. Oh my gosh, you go. Well, um, are, okay, so we've had a lot of stuff that we've talked about, and I know we've thrown out some resources, but are there any other resources or tools that you've utilized during this um, time that you want to share with folks? I we have a lot of resources for artists that like people have been circulating a lot of resources around it. <laughs> well, Some of I them mean, are. Yeah. Are they listed on your newsletter? Okay. Well, okay. <laughs> thank also, you. Um, plug your newsletter. <laughs> yeah. So, thank you for letting me do that. Yeah. I always forget. Uh, I send out weekly newsletter, mainly catered towards artists and creatives, but like nowadays everybody is artist and create so it goes out every thursday and if you're interested you can go to my website it's com. it is y-u-k-o-i-s-l-o-v-e-l-i-v-e-l-i-f-e.com and you can sign up and you can also follow me on instagram linkedin and those are all Yugo Kudo or Yugo is Love of Life. And I will look forward to connecting with y'all. Perfect. Well, Yugo, this has been it has a rollercoaster of a conversation so in the best way. I got way. to have this <laughs> conversation. And I, 
Yeah, and thank you so much for having me. Like, I, it's so exciting for me to see you do this thing. Like, no, knowing where it was an idea space to, I get to actually come on. Such an honor. So thank you so 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 much. No problem. Thank you for being on it. I know I was in the ideation phase and figuring out like, you know, what it was going to be, when it was going to launch. And, you know, I at some point had an identity crisis yep. and completely changed the name and then changed it back. <laughs> Listen, it's always <laughs> and evolving. you held me accountable throughout it. the whole thing. So I appreciate you so much. <laughs> but yes, I... I very much appreciate you being here, not only for this, but for all of the things that I am creating. And I'm so grateful to be able to witness and be a part of the things that you're also creating. So thank you. All right, everybody, be sure to go check out Yuko on all the platforms and we'll see you next week.